0: Hello, and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, brought to you by Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's program. I'm wanting to speak, um, or uh, start delivering a message that I will do from month to month as I preach on the Holy Spirit. So I want to start all the way back in the Garden of Eden and come all the way through and... um, to speak about the Holy Spirit, I think that is something that we have we have need of. The Holy Spirit, and uh, I would like to just say a couple things before I kind of start the message. I had a talk with a pastor from another state this past week, uh, numerous ones, but specifically this one of them that called me, and he was um, his heart had stopped. He was. Um, in a situation where he had like a heart attack, but there was uh, it, it malfunctioned because of an artery going in and out and so forth. It ruptured, and so basically he was dead. I believe it was twice that he was dead, and uh, they shocked him out and somehow recovered him. And they they say he's a he's a miracle today because he should not be alive. And then after the doctor did a surgery on him. He told him, however weeks it was, that he went back for another visit. The doctor told him that, I've tried this on you, but I've tried it on many others, and it always failed. But it was the last thing I could do. There was no other way to try to do this, and they had called the family and told him, told the family that he's not gonna make it, and they made preparations for his departure and so forth. And the doctor was astounded because the surgery that he always performed and the last last result worked. It was the only time it ever worked for him. So, to leave that there is what I want to say now is he had a dream, a dream or a vision. Um, I'm not sure which one he called it, but he had a dream two nights in a row. And uh, both times... He was taking, taken up like into outer space. He saw from way up there, and he looked down. And he heard a voice speak to him, and he said, I knew the voice. It was Jesus. He said, it was the Father. It was the Father, not, not Jesus. It was the Father, Heavenly Father. He said, I just knew it. it was him. And he said like this, as he saw the globe below him, and it was like it was, if my understanding is correct here, he said it was like it was before the creation. He saw the earth in its void form. And then he said, this voice told him, I made this for my son. I made this for my son. That's the purpose of creating the world. I made it for my son. And then a night or so later, but it was the next night, he had the exact same vision. And it was again told him. That, but I believe he saw then the earth the way it was and so forth. And he said, this I did for my son. I made the earth and the world, I created for my son. That includes everything in it. The church, everything. I did it for my son. And then he said, go back and glorify me. I did it to glorify through my son. It's for my son. It's created for him. So when I heard that, it sparked something that I was already studying on this message, and I was actually not planning on speaking about it until I was standing over here and thinking about, you know, I should say this before I start, because I'm going to start in the Garden of Eden. We also find that according to the Word of God, that there is Scripture to support what He just said. Everything that is, it was made for Him, by Him, and so forth. And we want to look at the Holy Spirit. What I did is I went and took all the, the words, basically all the words that we read about the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, and I'm going to speak about it a little bit because it only mentions, I believe, about 11 times. In the Old Testament, it speaks about the Spirit of God. And so, and then when it gets into the New Testament, things change. But we do, and I understand according to the Word of God, that there was the power of the Holy Spirit was already in existence on some specific people in the Old Testament, not necessarily everyone. And not only that, but I also believe in the most cases not in the way that the Holy Spirit operates in us today. Now, I would like to, through this series on the Spirit of God, which I wanted to preach on about a year ago, to speak about <coughs> and bring a a whole series of this, and at the end, hopefully, that some of you will receive something you've never had. That's the whole idea, and my thought, and my burden on this whole message. So we'll lead up to it from time to time. The next messages that I will be preaching will be on the subject of the Spirit of God, God willing. So I want to start in Genesis chapter 1, In verse 2, and we want to look at this verse the way it says, I completely understand that before, before God brought order to the earth, it looked very much the way our own earth looks, or our own human condition looks, before the Spirit of God does work. Now, again, to remember what I said in the beginning of this vision that this preacher had, He made everything for Jesus. It's for Him. It's for the Son. It's for the Son. That includes the bride of Christ. All right? And I believe that the Holy Spirit is the one that brings order into the world, like it did, and into our life, and gives us power in our life to do the things that God once done. It's the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So I went and looked at the original writing of this, where the translators got it from, and then this is what it looks like. The earth was a mass of vacuity, or like a vacuum, in undistinguishable ruin a desolation of wasteland with a subterranean water supply, useless and not functioning. Now, if you look it up in the original, this is what you'll find. The Spirit of God brooded over the face of the darkness, figuratively, misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, and wickedness. It's all in that word frame. Let's look at it again, and I'll just read straight on through. The earth was a mass of vacuity, in undistinguishable ruin, in desolation of waste of wasteland, with a subterranean water supply useless and not functional. The spirit of God brooded over the face of the darkness, and that darkness was misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, and wickedness. Now, we read about when the first earth was, de- or the first world was destroyed. It talks about the fountains of the deep. They opened up the fountains of the deep. Now this looks like this very thing where it says there was a subterranean water supply, which speaks about in the first or in the second verse in Genesis, that there was a subterranean water supply that was not being used. And when the first world was destroyed by way of the flood, it says that the fountains of the deep, which was the subterranean water supply, opened up and flooded the whole earth. So, we see as it combines here. In verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Order was restored by the Spirit of God. Somehow, there was an attraction to this desolate place by the Holy Spirit. Somehow, the Holy Spirit found a place of brooding over it, not meaning crying, not meaning brutish, Not in that form, but he found the, he was on top of it. He was, he was in that, over that condition. He stayed there and he looked down through and he saw the vast nothingness and void that was there. And the Holy Spirit, for some reason, the Spirit of God, it's the first place you read about the Spirit of God, he was attracted to that condition. And I, do believe I know why he was attracted to it because he knew he could make a difference. It's what he was for, it's what his call was, it's what the power that he had was: was to bring order and restore and make the thing beautiful. When you look at a condition of a lost soul, is almost in the identical condition. He is void, he's useless, but there is a fountain of water within him where he gets some sort of life. But it's not useful to eternal life. And so the Holy Spirit is looking and is attracted for such a state of a person. And I'm hoping that by saying that, there's some of you that get a tremendous amount of hope. In seeing that the Holy Spirit is not looking at your perfection, He's not looking at what all that you have done for him. He's looking at what all he can do with you. See, I'm I'm hoping you get that picture. That you don't look hopeless in the sight of the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit of God. He's in the presence of God, yes. But he's looking for places that are dormant. He's looking for void places. He's looking for marshy lands that look absolutely useless and hopeless. Because He knows He can make a difference. That's the Holy Spirit. As I go down through these messages from month to month, I want you to realize that. That the Holy Spirit is not the one that is looking at you to make life difficult for you. He's looking at a condition, at a desperate condition and is attracted to it. He's drawn to it. Now I can say that in just a little phrase, That it was after Jesus was dead in the tomb who came. The first one to come to the tomb was not Mary, my friend. The first one to come to the tomb was the Holy Spirit. And he raised him out of that death position. It says the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. So the Holy Spirit came to that point point of death. Is the Holy Spirit then attracted to some sort and some form of death? Yes, I do believe so. He is not necessarily attracted to people that choose death but are caught in it. That have somewhat fallen under the condemnation under it of hopelessness and uselessness and voidness and emptiness and darkness. And he finds these spots, he finds these places, and he doesn't come with condemnation. He comes with power to restore and to bring back an empire. That's what he does. Now, I leave that, and I go to the next place where we read about the Spirit of God. This was a man by the name of Joseph. And I'll speak somewhat briefly on these, but we want to take a look at it. There's a verse that says that Pharaoh recognized that the Spirit of God was in Joseph. And so we want to look at this. Let's look at the life of Joseph. Let's look where he started. You know they had a lot of Jacob had a lot of difficulty before he came up with a Joseph as a son. Number 1, he wanted a wife that he found that I believe he felt it was in his heart who he desired, but he also believed, I believe, that it was the will of God. And her name was Rachel. And he wanted Rachel so much to be his wife. And so he decided then because of Laban asking and requesting that you work for me for 7 years. You can work for me for seven years, and I will give you Rachel. Well, so he worked for seven years. Seven years is quite long. And so he worked for seven years, and Jacob gave him the wrong one, gave him Leah. So what does Jacob do again? Jacob says, well, okay, so he bargained again that he'll work another seven years. Now we are at 14 years. And so at 14 years, here he gets Rachel. Well, now what you see here is that Leah bore a lot of children for Jacob. I believe like eight of them, also with a handmaid They had two. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.